Jesus said, Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever does not enter a sheepfold through the gate, but climbs over elsewhere is a thief and a robber. But whoever enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice, as the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has driven out all his own, he walks ahead of them, and the sheep follow him, because they recognize his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. They will run away from him, because they do not recognize the voice of strangers. Although Jesus used this figure of speech, the Pharisees did not realize what he was trying to tell them. So Jesus said again, Amen, amen, I say to you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and slaughter and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. You probably don't need me to tell you this, but this is the last week of school. That's absolutely amazing when you look at time and how quickly it goes. Just like that, in an instant, a whole school year is done. And there's much to look forward to. I'm pretty excited to be coming back for my third year at St. Paul's, moving out of the sophomore slums. <laughs> Going to be an upperclassman. It's exciting. I think the end of the year always provides a time to reflect just on time. A time to really look back at the past, look forward to the future, but also be very aware of the present. We can't live anywhere but the present, but sometimes looking back and looking forward helps us to appreciate the present all the more. And so today, as we celebrate Good Shepherd Sunday, the day that we read every year about how Jesus is the Good Shepherd, and in different years we have different readings that emphasize different aspects of the Good Shepherd, but I want to look at these readings in the sense of what they meant in the past, what they mean in the future, but most importantly, how do we understand this and live this relationship with the Good Shepherd today in the present? Because Jesus says today, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate for the sheep. And he says, I, I have come that they, meaning us, the sheep, may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus is the good shepherd. He is also the gate for the sheepfold. And he has come that we may have life abundantly. That's crazy. That's amazing. So how do we make sense of that? Let's go to the past first. Jesus also says in this passage that all who have come before me are thieves and robbers. 
This is a very interesting passage, and trying to understand it can be very complex. Who exactly is he talking about? Well, some of the early church fathers very clearly, and I think you would probably have no problem making this connection, is that he's talking about the devil, the evil one. The one who came into this world and tempted our first parents and tried to steal them away from the love of God for which they were created. And that evil one still certainly comes and gives us a false path, offers false hopes, and tries to give us false pastures to rest in, but they're never restful. But there's another aspect that's even more clear, especially if you understand the Old Testament and read the prophets, because Jesus' whole Good Shepherd passage is drawing upon one of the Old Testament prophets, Ezekiel. And Ezekiel speaks very clearly to the people of Israel, telling them that the current shepherds of Israel have not been good shepherds. And because of that, there is division, turmoil, that they've literally lost their homeland. They've lost their sense of rest. They've lost their pasture. But that Jesus, but sorry, that God would be the shepherd himself of the people. And so when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he is saying, I am the one Ezekiel was talking about. I am the one who is God himself, who will ultimately lead you to pasture, to rest. But then the question is then, who are the thieves and robbers? Well, if you go back to Ezekiel, it's pretty clear. It's the priests and the leaders of the people of Israel, the Pharisees. This is why the Pharisees and today don't realize what Jesus is telling them. They have no idea that Jesus is telling them, you are the false shepherds. You haven't taken care of your people. And listen to these words from Ezekiel. This is what it says in Ezekiel 34. Prophesy and say to the shepherds, woe to the shepherds of Israel who have been pastoring themselves. Should not the shepherds pasture the flock? You consumed milk, wore wool, and slaughtered fatlings, but the flock you did not pasture. You did not strengthen the weak, nor heal the sick, nor bind up the injured. You did not bring back the stray or seek the lost, but ruled them harshly and brutally. I can continue on, but it's pretty harsh. That is exactly who Jesus is talking to. He's saying, you haven't led your people well, but Jesus always leads us well. And especially at the end of the year, as we look towards the past, one of the things that I want to do genuinely from the bottom of my heart is offer you my apology and ask for your forgiveness. Ask for your forgiveness for me and for Father Eric for the times we have not been good shepherds over the last year. The times we haven't given you the attention that you deserve. Forgotten your name. Discounted something you had told us. We ask for your mercy and forgiveness because I am not Jesus. No shepherd on earth is. Only he is the good shepherd. And it's an encouragement at the end of the year to pray for your priests. Please pray for the leaders that we don't end up like these that Jesus so clearly condemns. But even if you have a bad priest growing up, even if you have a bad priest in the future, the Lord is your shepherd and praise God. And that's why moving towards the future, understanding so many of the early church fathers understood that this 
abundant life, this pasture where God is leading us as shepherd, ultimately just speaks to heaven. That Jesus is the good shepherd that will shepherd us, lead us, regardless of the circumstances of our life, to heaven. That's the only place where we will find ultimate, full, and lasting rest. That's the only place where sin and evil are totally banished, not welcome, and we live in peace and harmony with the Good Shepherd, fully. And so, so many of the early church fathers saw that this call to abundant life pointed to heaven. And it does. But guess what? We're not in heaven. And that's why what I want to focus on more than anything for the homily today is what does this mean now? Because while it's certainly true that abundant life is full in heaven, here's the reality. We can live abundant life now. We can have rest with the shepherd now in this life. The second reading today from Peter makes a comment that Jesus is the shepherd of our hearts and our souls. Because Peter says, you have returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your souls. And so when Jesus says, I am the gate, one of the clearest meanings for us right now is that the shepherd, the pasture, the rest that Jesus wants to offer you can happen inside your heart and soul now. The Second Vatican Council said, man cannot understand himself except by making a sincere gift of himself to another. And he also said that Jesus Christ comes to reveal man to himself. Jesus Christ comes to reveal man to himself. Stated differently, Jesus is the way to understand our hearts, our souls, who we are. And apart from Jesus, we can't. He says, I am the shepherd. Not, I am a shepherd. He's the only way. The only way we can fully understand who we are is to allow him into our hearts to break down the walls and the barriers that we put up and allow him to enter into the depths of our souls. This is something called an interior life, an inner life. This is something, I went to Catholic school, I had very good parents, was raised in the faith, and it wasn't until I was literally 24 years old, think about that for how old you guys are, I was 24, when I finally started to grasp ever so slightly what it meant to have an inner life, an interior life. To recognize that everything that we do in the church is not exterior, but speaks to and is always Christ trying to get into our hearts. To know that what he wants more than anything is your heart. That's why he says in Ezekiel 2, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. And so Jesus, the only way he knows to to make your heart full is to give his very heart to you so that in your heart and soul dwells Jesus Christ, truly. 
And he does this in two ways. First and foremost, through the sacraments. To understand that when we experience and encounter the sacraments, it's a real encounter with Jesus Christ. He shepherds us and leads us to the sacraments. We heard the psalm, Psalm 23 today, probably the most famous psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Well, where does he lead us? That psalm says he leads us to water, to an anointing, and to a table with a feast. That the shepherd leads us to baptism, confirmation, and the Eucharist. Because the sacraments are the primary way that Jesus encounters us in this world. And yet, if we just externally approach the sacraments, they never touch the heart. Which is why we emphasize prayer so much at St. Paul's, is because only by entering into the heart and seeing that Jesus can dwell there, do the sacraments come alive. How this happened for me was, I was 24 years old, I started going to Eucharistic Adoration, met a good men's group, started sneaking away to daily mass, and I started to recognize there was someone else living with me. I started to recognize that some of these thoughts of life were not my own. They didn't come from me. I started to recognize more than anything else the presence of Jesus. For so many people I've talked to, I think for your average Catholics, there's not even an understanding of this as a concept. That we don't even know what's possible as it relates to living intimacy with Jesus Christ in our hearts. Because when you start to give him control of your hearts and minds, he brings peace and joy. You start thinking about him more often. You start inviting him into aspects of your life that you never would have thought. Because if there's ever an aspect of your life where you don't want Jesus present, that's sin, keeping him away. He is the gate. The only way to unlock our hearts is through Jesus. And by seeking him out in quiet prayer, seeking him out in this intimate relationship, we recognize a whole nother person deep inside of us. Guys, if you have never experienced this, my encouragement today is to pray for this. Pray for the grace of an interior life. Pray for a grace of a recognition of Jesus Christ truly present in your heart and soul. Realize that he is the way to understand our thoughts, our hearts, our desires. And you recognize that He's good. He leads us to pasture. When you do that, joy follows. Abundant life. When I was 24, I started to literally go to bed with a smile on my face because I realized I wasn't alone. I woke up thinking about Jesus. That sounds crazy into the exterior world. It sounds weird, right? People accuse you of all sorts of things. And yet, it's so good. This is why your heart was created, to be with him. So many people wonder, how do I hear the voice of God? My first encouragement is, just recognize his presence.
Recognize his presence. Because sometimes hearing the voice of God is hard. But if I live my life with an awareness, with this interior life, this inner life, that I am never alone, that I am always with him, it brings peace. It brings joy. This is the abundant life Christ wants you to live now. Forget the past. Jesus has forgiven you of your sins should you go to confession. Forget the future. Who knows what's going to happen? But if you live with the presence of Christ in your daily existence now, you live with an interior life, an inner life, everything changes. Pray for that grace today.